Welcome to the She Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Shanika, but for this forum, you can call me Neek or Sis. This is a show for women that discusses real life topics to let you know that you are not alone on this journey called life. And while we're taking this journey, I'm also encouraging you to embrace the concept of true sisterhood. Are you ready, sis? Let's go. Hey, sis. Thank you for always being a valued listener of the She Speaks podcast. Today, I would just like to advise you that this episode, which is a three-part series, may be a little heavy for some. As you know, She Speaks is a platform that was created to allow other women to tell their stories in hopes that, one, it will be a way for them to attempt true healing, and two, that when she tells her story, she will be able to help other women reach their destiny. With that being said, please be advised that today's guest may use some terms that may be a little heavy for others. For example, the terms in regards to sexual assault, infidelity, and suicide have been mentioned. As always, She Speaks is a huge supporter of mental health and your mental wellness. Should this episode put you in a headspace that you are not comfortable with, please go ahead and hit the stop button. I truly understand. Should you decide to keep going and listening to this episode and you end up in a headspace that you are uncomfortable with, I do advise you to please seek out any mental health assistance that you may need. With that being said, sis, let's get started. Hey, sis. So today I'm excited about this Dope Soul episode. Um, As you know, I'm always excited to highlight other women and their stories. And I get super excited when they're doing extra dope things in the community and in the lives of others. So I'm excited today to sit down with the Dope Soul Dr. Urania Key, known to the universe as Rain. <laughs> I'm excited for you to hear about this sister because she is definitely making a positive impact within her community and the lives of others. I am an example of that. And uh, Rain is a one in a trillion type woman. Um, for as long as I've known her, she has marched to the beat of her own drum. Um, she unapologetically, unapologetically owns and walks in who she is and encourages us uh, to do the same. She has a beautiful family, and she's also one of my sorority sisters. And without yeah. further ado, let's get started. So first, Rain, <laughs> as you know, I adore you, and I just want to take the time out to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to interview with me on this podcast. Well, you are, you already know that you have my heart. You hold a very special, special spot in my heart. And I am humbled. I am thankful and I am very grateful for you. And I am here in any capacity to uplift you, support you, 
and support what you do because I believe in you and I believe in what you do. And so I thank you for inviting me to enjoy one, your company. <laughs> who, look, who cannot be around you and not enjoy your company, honey? So thank you for allowing me to one, enjoy your company and two, to just have a heart to heart, sister to sister, like-minded, dope soul conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. And you are so welcome. Um man. So I want to give you all just a little bit of background about me and Rain. So um years ago we met in Europe mm -hmm. and we are also sorority sisters as stated, but there was always something about rain that was different from everyone that I ever interacted with. It was a genuineness there. There was that purity and that was that unfiltered realness. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't in a demeaning type way or malicious way. It was just like, you could tell that you had your own journey and your own path and you were very comfortable in who you were and how you walked right yes. and for us as women let's be honest not everyone can do that and do it unapologetically and i laugh because you are a look <laughs> take it a little bit if you don't take it, I'm good. <laughs> if you pick it up, just know there's a warning label, right? I'm gonna That's be right. real with you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not filtering anything, but you do it in love. And I yes. think that is what really drew me to you because there was never a time where you weren't honest, but we knew it was out of love. And I appreciate that. So uh, what you all don't know is that this woman is one <laughs> of few women who is responsible for the Shanika that you see right now. Um, Rain was there for me during some very dark periods. And the funny thing is, Rain, you've been overseas or we've never been in the same area mm -hmm. since that time. That's right. And you were able to notice a shift and you always, you notice when there's a shift in me and I never even noticed this in the way that I write, yes. in the way that I present. And that just amazed me and, it, and I knew it was more than us at that moment because all I do is, and I'm not saying it in a, demeaning way but all I, I post a lot right I blog mm -hmm. and I do the and I do podcast and yeah. you've always been supportive of that and it just amazed me how much attention um you pay mm -hmm. to those that are within your circle and that takes a lot of experience and a lot of discernment to be able yes. to see that so um, today I chose the topic of rebirth and finding and living your purpose. 
And you know why I chose this topic because over the years <laughs> I've seen you transform and you have your own sense of rebirth and in some cases refinding your purpose in the moment, right? And I always think that it's amazing to see. And you have this power with words. Yo, y'all think I'm <laughs> she speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Rain is like I'm speaking life. I'm dropping the mic, and I'm about to go sit in the corner and see what it do. Right, and not That's it. In, <laughs> not <laughs> hockey way, but it's just like you know your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I would like for you sis, to just explain your process and what. How do you get there? Because there are moments where we're trying to birth things and mm -hmm. we're looking for our purpose or we think we know what it is. And sometimes we get a little thrown off track. Mm -hmm. So can you explain your process and how does that work? <laughs> Honey. <laughs> well, for me, Shanique, or I should say Neek, I should say my sister, for me, it's an every day process mm. it is something that i didn't learn how to do overnight i didn't learn how to do this bad boy in a year or two years with all the education and all the books and 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 experiences that i've had i still hadn't learned how to master loving myself mm. truly unconditionally loving myself Today, my purpose, believe it or not, and I'll be 45 this year, is not the same as it was when I took this journey at 18, when I took that journey at 25. Girl, when I took it at 30, it wasn't. Um, it, is, it has transformed into the woman that you see today, mm -hmm. and it's it's literally been done by me truly breaking down and becoming naked in front of myself. And so um, the rebirth literally has been a horrible labor. <laughs> it's been a horrible labor, but it's been a labor that I needed. If I, if I am I, own mind and my own strength my own power my own heart my own soul if i knew what i know today i would have taken so many different roads but those roads would not have led me to where i am today it would not have led me to be in the individual that i am today and it doesn't come from a um a hindsight is 2020 thing and it does not come from a um everything happens for a reason I, because of the road and the journey that I chose to take in my rebirthing process, I know exactly why things have happened in my life that I've had control of. And even those that had more control over my life when there was a time that I didn't, I know why those things happened for them as well. So the first thing I would say in knowing how to, um, or for me, becoming the individual that I am now, I had to stop lying to myself. Hmm. I had to stop 
um, I had to literally stop lying to myself Mm -hmm. and about me to myself. And I had to really become truthfully honest with who I was, who I see myself becoming and who I am in my present form. Because what I am today, if I don't, if, if I don't do the, if I don't take the steps, if I don't do the work, I will not become the woman that I also know and see and visualize myself becoming. So I had to stop lying about all three of those individuals, who I was, who I am, and who I see myself becoming. That is not an easy journey for anyone, let alone women, because women are, are they are placed in so many different um, capacities. We have, we, if, if you have children, you become mom. If you're married, you become wife. Right. If you have a career, you're a career woman. And it, it, it goes on and on. If you're an athlete, if all those things, you are set inside of a certain dynamic. And then you are told to act accordingly, act as such, <laughs> you know? And so it never, it never allows you to truly venture in and become the voice of who you are. Right. to actually get to your voice. For me, voice is the most powerful, powerful entity of, of, your, of your life, of your living, not just your existing, but your living, your voice is. And if your voice is not powerful, if your voice is compromising, if your voice um, is lost, believe me, you are not going to be able to do anything because you don't possess the power enough to just be able to speak to yourself let alone be able to speak and tell someone that's not what I'm doing or no, this is what I'm about. And so for me to start that journey, I had to stop lying to myself. I had to, to take accountability for me, right. for my actions, for the things that I said to myself, the things I spoke to myself, for the things I actually did that I felt shame and I felt guilt for. And that shame and guilt, guilt made me hide. I became an individual once I got down and I, I looked at it like um, making Kool-Aid. Now I'm old school Kool-Aid. <laughs> we didn't get the Kool-Aid with the big happy, you know, the big happy jar. We got the flavor aid. <laughs> okay. So everybody that don't know what flavor aid is, you know, that stuff sticks to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that substance is. Sometimes you got to scrub to get it out the bottom when you wash it. Yes. But I, I liken my journey to a picture of flavor aid, mm-hmm. blue flavor aid. And <laughs> it was nothing, you know, not, there was nothing life giving about it either. And I had all kinds of muck and dirt and grit at the bottom of that thing. And I could stir the surface. There are certain parts of me that have always been exactly, I could stir, girl, I could stir up, but it was never getting to the impact. It was never getting, it was never making an impact. It was never breaking up, you know, and even if it broke up a piece, I could still stir it well enough where that piece could dissolve into what I wanted it to dissolve. Right. But when I had to go down there 
when that Kool-Aid had evaporated and that gunk was at the bottom, I had to literally go down there and look at that. And when I had to engage myself, that's when, that's when the, the idea of rebirth began in me, the idea of it. And it wasn't until I had to look in the mirrors that I had put up and the people that I saw in those mirrors were not the people, was not the person that I saw. And it was not me. It was, it was like um, a picture from the matrix, you know, when he goes to the certain part, he meets the maker and there's all these screens mm -hmm. and he's on all of these screens. The key is that, I don't know if people notice that, but the key is that those are every time Neo tried to break up the Matrix. So those are different characters and different ways he failed each time. And I had those same mirrors looking at me every time. And I just flip over and make a new one. I flip over and make a new one. Well, I got to a point where I couldn't flip over and make a new one no more. I was tired of myself. I was tired of looking at everybody else and going, what the hell makes them so different? Why is this not working for me? Why is this not happening for me? I was tired of that. And I was in, gosh, I was in Germany when I started the first time. I was in Germany and I was probably about 27. I just had my youngest son and I was about 27 or 28 when the journey started. And when I had a full-fledged nervous breakdown that no one knew I had, I had to break those damn mirrors down. Right. And every mirror that I broke had something nasty come out of it. Sometimes some good came out. But when I started taking account of my life, I had more nasty than I had good. Right. And I knew that that was not me. You know, there's a part of you and that's your soul. And your soul knows what you are. It won't fight you, but it will always be in conflict mm. with what you are doing mm. to yourself. Right. And if you are not, if you find yourself where you're in conflict of becoming greater, then you got to step back. And if you're honest, if you're truthful, then you'll know that there's a, this is a, this is a, a mirror that I literally got to break. This mirror, I have to break. It is no seven year bad luck. This is a lifelong bad luck if I don't break this cycle right here. And so when I had that nervous breakdown and I had to break those mirrors down, the first thing that I had to do was turn my voice into a positive. Cause I've always had voice. I've always had mouth. Right. Um, my mouth was not kind. It was not loving. It was not compassionate. It was not empathetic. All these things that I am by birth. Mm -hmm. Okay. All those things that I am by birth. It was not. And a part of that, I, I liken to the fact that I was, probably because I learned how to develop certain things about myself at a young age because I was an adopted child. 
but I went through a foster care system. I went through a group home system. And so you have to learn certain things. You have to learn to survive. Mm -hmm. Well, I did not only learn to survive, I was also a fighter. Mm -hmm. So I can survive and I can fight. Mm -hmm. And however it comes, it didn't matter who the foe was. It didn't matter how big the foe was. It didn't matter uh, how old you were. You didn't intimidate me. You didn't scare me. And I still live like that today. There is nothing that I fear, but I use it now all positive because I know my purpose. Um, And so I had gotten to some things that were not right for me. Things that happened to me at a young age that I had to battle through, that I had to fight through going through this, uh, going through the foster care system, going through group homes going through when I finally got adopted I was like 11 years old and it wasn't something that I wanted to do because I didn't like having the control of my life and my my little brother at the time as well I didn't like having the control of no longer being in control of where we go or what we do someone else now was going to claim parentage over us and now make control over our lives and by that time I had already endured such a hard <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> such a, a hardship mm-hmm. that um I didn't trust it mm-hmm. so <clears throat> my voice was stipend and my trust even though I had to build a certain foundation of trust my trust developed differently mm-hmm. so one of the one of the, the key things and I will say that one of the key ways that you have to start that journey of rebirth, no matter what the situation is, is you have to become truthful with who you are. You have to, you have to truly become naked. Self-actualization is a process that I go through daily because it keeps me honest. It keeps me real. It doesn't, um, it does not allow me to focus on the past, but it allows me to look at the past and pull out the good that's come from every situation that I have endured that I know is going to work to make someone else's life a testament of better. That's, so that's the first key in rebirth and of you, uh, of, of the woman that you are. You have to, oh my God, you have to truly become truthful with who you are. You have to You have to dig down and you have to find you. And you is not what your mama said you was gonna be, your daddy said you was gonna be. You is not what your profession is gonna be. I went to school for economics. Mm -hmm. I loved economics. I grew up in Detroit in Highland Park and I didn't grow up in the best parts of either one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was all about the economy and the social economy of my community. So Mm -hmm. I took economics with a minor in psychology Mm -hmm. well i'm not an economist (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so, um, but I did become a psychologist and I became a psychologist because of my path. And even at 16, when I knew that that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, I still had put up so many mirrors to where I, when I got 30, I couldn't even fix myself. I could tell everyone else how to get to a path, but I couldn't even fix myself. And so when that break, when that break, when that, when I broke at that time, when that break happened, I had to look at the truth of me. And then I had to trust that what I saw wasn't the end of me. Mm. And that's the next step. So the first step, and rebirth is that you become truthful with who you are, truthful with your good and your bad. I take accountability for my good and my bad. I don't, there is nothing about me that a person can't ask me that I don't have to shy away from. There's nothing about me. You know, I used to, older ladies used to say to me, you know, well, you can't tell them everything because if you tell them everything, you know, they'll think some way about you. And I used to look at them and go, well, if they were going to think certain way, a certain way about me, then they were already thinking that anyway. Right. So why am I going to not be who I am? Who are they that I need to fear what they think about me? I don't. Um, I, and I live my life like that. And that's why I, I stay as truthful as I possibly can. Sometimes it's painful right. to be so honest because part of me wants to say, oh my God, I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one to say that. Right. You can't find nobody else. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you gonna wake me up and tell me to tell them, <laughs> you know, but I do it because one, I don't have a fear of people. Right. And two, there is no one that will cause me to fear them so bad that I keep them in a torment. Right. By not telling them the truth, by lying to them. You know? So we <laughs> we have to be, don't let me take don't let me hog the conversation. No, no, no. You have to be painfully honest with and truthful with who we are with every decision that we have made right why we made it we have an analyst by birth I, I always say my mom and I used to um when I was younger I love horror movies I love I'm, I'm not a big fiction fan I love nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I love reality because I like the way the mind works and so Every summer when school was out, like we would clean out the horror sections of all of video stores. Right. <laughs> and then, I mean, from the good rated to the what the hell rated, okay? <laughs> we cleared them. We were like, you know, from the, this was done by Hollywood and this was done by somebody in their backyard. <laughs> we watched it all. <laughs> so, what, but by the time, and I, and I started noticing that mystery, murder mystery, uh, criminal, any kind of mystery, any kind of anything that caused me to have to think mm-hmm. um, 
we watched and she watched. She was an avid reader. I, this is my adopted mom because my biological mom was not like that. Mm -hmm. But um, my adopted mom was an avid reader and I had already had a passion to love and love to read and write. But um, we would watch these. And by the time we get to maybe the middle of the movie, we'd already tell you who did it, why they did it and where they did it at. (laughs) Right. So I've been like that my entire life. And so becoming a psychologist really put me in a frame of mind where I really wanted to get down into the dirt. So I don't have a problem with going into the alley. Mm-hmm. I can go in the alley. I can go in the sewer. If that's where you are and I have to get you, I'm right. going there. That's not a problem for me. But believe it or not, that is the problem for majority of people. Right. They don't want to go in the sewer to get themselves. Right. They don't want to touch the dirt. They don't want to be dirty. Right. They don't want to remember that they did that too. Right. So they become judgmental. They become liars. They, they, they put these walls. Yes. <laughs> they, they put these walls up. Right. They, 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 they use, uh, they use microphones to enlarge their voice because their voice is so hidden. Well, I don't need the microphone. I'm a, I, I am the microphone. And so you know, when they do that, you're actually, you can't bring anything to life like that. You're actually having stillborn births. Mm. You can't bring anything of life from that. Right. So you have to, you, you, you have to be truthful. You have to be honest with who you are. You, you have to, and I believe that when you go down there in that dirt, when you get into that garbage right. and you start to find out why things are working the way they're working in your life and why you're doing particular things, sometimes you find out that those are things that were implanted in you before you even had a, a chance to Make develop. Yes. Before you even... You, before you even had a chance to grow right. someone through garbage into you into your soil and mixed your good soil with their garbage <laughs> soil okay but if you never go down there and figure if you never go down there truthfully you'll never find it you'll never know that oh my god i act this way because i was told and i was at an age an impressionable age where i was molded into thinking that this was it Right. And no wonder my soul is conflicting with my, my actions. Right. Because this is not what I, this was not my purpose. <laughs> it wasn't my purpose. So ask you, ask me a question because you'll let me talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been productive while you were talking. <laughs> I was taking some notes, right? Because yes. um, you say become truthful with who you are and you have to be naked with yourself. And let's be honest. So let's look at that in the physical sense, right? Uh, There are some of us who are afraid to get undressed in front of other people, right? Because we're not Mm -hmm. satisfied with what our body looks like. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. we can, I'm using this as an analogy. Yes, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. But even when you get naked in front of yourself in the physical, Mm -hmm. there are still 
in some cases that insecurity because you've been told that in order to be healthy, you have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be a certain size. You have to be a certain build and these different things. So let's talk about that being naked Mm -hmm. and with yourself Mm -hmm. and it's just you what does that look like because my naked and your naked may be two different things Mm -hmm. so how do I get comfortable with being naked Mm -hmm. on my own especially when I don't know how to speak to my body Mm -hmm to let it know that I love it? How do you do that? Very, very good question. (laughs) And believe it or not, it's a very simple answer, but we make it extremely hard. Explain to me why if I'm in the, if I'm in the locker room with 20 other females, why they matter? Why they matter? Why they matter? They only matter because someone gave, someone put a voice to it that told you that if you didn't look like this and if you didn't fit this compartment and if you, if you couldn't fit into this puzzle and if you couldn't fit into this, this part, you couldn't be this part that you were inadequate. Someone told you that. Someone gave you that voice. So how do you figure out that the voice that was given to you is not your own? You have to be, it comes right back to being truthful with you. It's not an easy process. If you take one day, and I I love this, and I love this analogy because I look at, I have a huge mirror in my bedroom and I look at myself every day and I'm like, yeah, dang, I got dimples in my booty and dimples in my cheek. (laughs) What? What kind of shapewear can I wear to fix that? And then one day my husband said, I love the dimples in your booty. Do right. like I love the dimples in your cheeks. Now, why did it matter that he said that? Because I was like, oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. We can handle this the right way then. Why did it matter? It mattered because, because he's a person that cares for me. Right. He's a person that loves me. So he's supposed to tell me things to uplift me, to support me. But what happens when you don't have that person that says that, that that's right. okay. That's when you go back and you go, and why do they matter? Mm-hmm. My oldest son used to say to me, mom, I know you don't care what other people think, but, pe- but, but I kind of do. Mm-hmm. And I would say to him, and it's okay. Right. It's okay to care about some things that people say to you, but here's how you ensure that what is said to you helps you, feeds you. Right. If it does not, if it does not walk on the same path, if it is not stepping in the same steps of building you up, then there's something you probably don't want to take into your spirit. Those are some words you probably don't want to take 
to your spirit about yourself. Right. It doesn't matter if it comes from your husband, your sister, your brother, your boss. If it does not edify you the correct way by lifting and supporting you in a positive manner, then it's something that should not be said to you because nine times out of 10, if someone is throwing negatives at you, hurling negatives into your life, it's because they have identified that you are doing something positive that they want to do yeah. that they have not done. Right. So because they dislike the fact in them that who she thinks she is undressing in here <laughs> with a fupa and a <laughs> dented butt and <laughs> who she thinks she is and she just haphazardly throwing her stuff around <laughs> and she doing it and she, she loving it too. She's singing and everything while she getting undressed. <laughs> who she thinks she is. And at the same time, within their spirit, they're going, I wish I could do that. Right. I wish I could do that. Now for that woman that says, I wish I could do that. That's the woman that I said that I would have to tell, why aren't you honest with me? What have you said to you that have, that has literally caused you to become stagnant and giving love to yourself or stifled you from even, from, from even imagining the ability to know what it's like to love yourself. What have you said to you? What have you told yourself? And, and what have you allowed? What voice did you give power to, to allow them to put you in a position that you don't believe or love or trust what you are? That's what I have to say to her. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's until... It's until we literally break that barrier down. Some people, Nick, believe it or not, will not go through it. Right. Some people, believe it or not, will spend their life, their eternity, existing in this world instead of living in this world. Right. Because they will do everything they can to just exist. I'm right here in line too, you know. <laughs> but the person living, <laughs> it won't matter if she's in the front, the middle, or the back. You all know she is there because she is living it. <laughs> She's living it. You know, I'm one of those people. Whether I'm in the front, the middle, or the back, I am going to live my life. I don't, I don't, I refuse to just exist here. I, I'm not a number to just be counted. I am the number. Now, how did I get there? Because once I broke down the barriers and I truly did the work on the good and the bad, I had to ask myself, okay, so many people spoke the wrong things into your life. So many people planted these seeds, but girl, you are still a flower. I tell my, I tell my young girls all the time, you are a flower. It doesn't matter if I plant you in the desert, if I plant you in the concrete, if I plant you in my backyard, you are going to be a beautiful flower. Now, right. how I water you is the, that's, that is the key. How I water you, how I feed you. If I tell you from birth, baby, I'm planting you here. You're going to be in the desert. It's hot, it's dry, but you are there to bring life. If I tell you that constantly, then when you bloom, I don't want to hear you go, Oh, I'm in the desert. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> right. Oh, 
all this brown or all this gray or whatever. Right. Because guess what? The desert is looking at you and going, oh my God, am I honored that this is here. Right. You bring life. You, you bring me life. And guess what? That desert is going to ensure that you are protected because you are its life source. You are the reason that when it's cold at night, because you've been deployed, so you know, in the desert, it gets cold as hell in the desert. <laughs> yes. At night. <laughs> it gets cold. You wake up, you're like, I know we're in the desert, but why I feel like we're we frozen. <laughs> we, you know, what's going on? But you wake, but you will, it, the sun will shine and not anything except for the dew that is supposed to be there to water you right. will have touched you right. because it has protected you. It has shielded you, believe it or not, from the harm because you are the life source. So if you wake up, if, if I'm feeding you the negative, now the same thing I take and I bury you in concrete and I tell you every single day, you are nothing. You're not going to see, you're not going to see the sun. You know, you, 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 you're going to have to work hard to break through this. And you're not even good enough to do that. Yeah. You'll come through it. You will come through it. But you'll never be the strong, right. beautiful flower you're supposed to be. But you'll come through it. You'll probably lean to the side. <laughs> you probably, you, you'll probably limp over. Right. That's, uh, that's my women walking around with their heads down all the yeah. time. Someone will be like, oh, there's a flower and keep walking. Right. Someone might just decide to up, pick it up. But the concrete. The concrete that even though I, if I plant you in there and I told you, this is what you are to do. This is how you will not only, if I tell you your purpose is to fulfill, your purpose is to, 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 to love, your purpose is to guide, your purpose is to shield. Not only will you still grow from the concrete into a strong, beautiful flower, you will cause the concrete to uproot. You ever seen those spots where yes. you walk in and there's flowers or dirt mounds? <laughs> you're like, what the hell? What, what architect is this? <laughs> because, because the earth said, I am here for a purpose. And right. just because you hear concrete don't mean you're not going to move. <laughs> okay? Because you might be here for walking. But there is something more that's supposed to be here too. Right. And so now they end up what? They end up moving the concrete, bringing the grass out further, right. and shortening the concrete. <laughs> so everything that had a, everything that thought it had a, 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 a way to stop you or stifle your growth or, 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 or erase you or eradicate you completely right. ends up moving based on what you tell you what you believe about you and it always comes back to the truth of who you are because once you find your voice there is nothing believe me there is nothing that a person can tell you that is going to take you from you once you find your voice but you have to find out what happened to my voice what happened to the power of me why am I okay with being quiet right and who, who did I give my voice to? Yes. And why do I let others speak on my behalf? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Come right on through with yes. Yes. So, voice, right? Because every time you say that, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> 
So as we know, right, there are periods in your life where your voice is silent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you have the words, but you can't speak them just Mm -hmm. based off of the situation that you're in. And sometimes our voice, we don't know how to use it to Mm -hmm. speak into ourselves. So with your rebirth and your journey and finding purpose, how do you speak life into yourself or how do you use your voice to speak those positive things into you even when it doesn't seem like people that care or matter to you are using their voice to speak into you? Well, one of the great ways, that's a good question, Nick. One of the, the best ways that, like I told you, I, I've always, I've always been an avid reader and writer. Um, I've got my journals, journals. I journal a lot. Um, believe it or not, my journals have taught me how to channel what I say, what I do. Um, and the thoughts, even with the thoughts that I don't even know what is coming together in my brain. I write, I just write. And I've, I've, I've got journals back from the moment, from the time I was nine years old. My son says, mom, you need to write books for me. Um, cause I've got that many journals. Mm-hmm. Um, but for an individual who is trying to figure out what their voice is saying or what they want their voice to say, mm-hmm. I would start by saying, I would start by telling them, write it, mm-hmm. write it, write it out, write every thought, every word. I keep a journal in my car. I will pull over. <laughs> there was something that popped in my head. I will pull yeah. over and write it, <laughs> write it down and, and write the time, the day, the moment I yeah. write it down. And come back to it and bam, it's right there. It's like I haven't forgotten anything. Write it down. Writing it down solidifies that you are not crazy. Most of the time we think this can't be right. Yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> this let me look. I I have I've gone back. So let me reread this. <laughs> what what? It it solidifies the fact that no, baby, you you aren't crazy right. and the world is going on and the world is existing and you are one of those who refuse to exist. You want to live. Right. And so, yes, you are different. Yes. You have been defined different. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are different. And that is okay. That's exactly because if everybody was the same, this right. world would be worse. Okay? <laughs> I need different. I prefer different. Um, but I journal, I, I, I write, I write, I, um, part of finding my, part of my rebirth was going back to the things that I love. I'm a avid, I'm a musician. I play the violin. I'm an avid violin player. Mm -hmm. I go back, Mm -hmm. I I went back to music. Um, I could never draw, but I love art. So I picked up art. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I went into the, the things that brought that brought my voice power and it allowed me to get a wider perspective of mm-hmm. things. It didn't allow me to just be stuck in um, 
to be stuck in one form, one category, because, you know, when you get stuck in, in when you get stuck or, or caught in one particular item or, or dimension of yourself, you kind of become judgmental, believe it or not, because if things don't fit that picture, mm-hmm. um, you know, you start, you tend to, you start to become judgmental on, on, on people, on, on what to say, you start to reach, you know, backtrack, um, and you, you start to come out of being who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a person who needs to truly learn their voice, they need to see it in front of them. They need to write it. They need to re- or record it however you want, but you need to hear right. your voice. You need to hear the power and the things you don't like. Right. You need to hear the power and the things you do like. You need to hear the excitement of something that's passionate to right. you. You need to hear that. You need to see that. When I'm excited and passionate about something, girl, my right needs like chicken scratch. And only <laughs> I literally can truly <laughs> decipher it. When I am in tune with something that I truly want to get across to someone else, my, my writing becomes focused. I see those things, which is why I can see when you're off. Right. I pay attention. I pick certain words about myself mm-hmm. to explain myself. And I can go back and go, why did I pick that word? What does that mean? You know, why did I look at this this way? What does that mean? But it allows you to truly go in there and identify you, your strong, your, your strength, your weaknesses, your power, your everything about you. It, it, it is, it's like a fingerprint. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely tell someone who is trying to learn how to find that voice or they don't know what to do with trying to find it to first start off by journaling. Because what is journaling? Journaling is simply a way of watching yourself unfold on your journey. Yes. So I, I'm not an avid journaler. Journaling. Yes, you are. Because <laughs> you're a blogger. Yes, you are. That's another journal. Okay. That's another journal. Yes. That is a good way to look at it. <laughs> when I, in my moments where I am totally unsure, Mm-hmm. I have to go to pen and paper. Yes. Because I like you, I'm able to see when I was in a space where I was uncomfortable or I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I can also tell where I was physically mm-hmm. when I was writing. Mm-hmm. So was I hurrying up and trying to get it all out before I had to go and you know, sit with the kids or did I actually have time and I had my cup of tea and the Mm -hmm. ambiance was right. And, you know, I can tell because of how much I was able to write. Yes. And even in those moments where I just need to hurry up and get it out of my head so Mm -hmm. I can come back to it. I have an index card like, oh, I didn't have a journal, but I wrote this down. I wrote it down. <laughs> right. Yes. And then when I find it, I stick it in my journal and go back to it. And then I elaborate on what I couldn't, you know, write down at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed for me, um, and I told you, I have a love of notebooks, right? Yes. And journals, and they're all over the place. And it's funny because I'll find one laying around and I'm like, I'll go through and I'll read something and either... 
I have healed from this thing or I have revisited it Uh or I've had to process it because even in blogging and even in podcasting, I, some people, I don't know if they understand, like those things I have either processed Mm -hmm. or I am going through the process Mm -hmm. or this is where I am right now. Yes. And to be able to reflect shows that growth. I yes. love journaling. It to me, that is my safe space when I can't mm-hmm. talk to my husband. I yes. can't talk to my friends or I don't want to talk to them because they have their life things going on. Um, and that's even my time with God. You know, yeah. some people do praise and worship, some people read, and some days I just sit and I just write and right. I Put it all out there. And I may not pick that journal up again for two, three weeks. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the power that you were able to relieve. Yes. Or the, the, at that moment. Right. And when you do pick it up to see how that power literally manifested itself. Yes. In you and where and what you did with it. Yes. That That's one of the most um, amazing parts about uh, and, and how I found my purpose. Mm-hmm. When I learned that originally what I wanted to do me because I had, I endured trauma at a young age mm-hmm. um, and the trauma that I endured, I was a very young child when I was raped right. and it brought about, it brought about a life course for me, not uh, how some, a stereotype of oh, promiscuity or things like yeah. that. No, it brought about an anger. Yes. in me and a rage in yes. me um and what i wanted to do when i finally got to a point where i would actually let someone help me mm-hmm. um i was seeing a therapist and i would sit in that therapist's office and i wouldn't speak every time we go i wouldn't talk yeah. wouldn't talk wouldn't talk and one day i showed up in that therapist's office and he had written on he had a huge huge window windows uh-huh. it was a you know sky rise and he had written on that window those windows straight across when I looked up and he opened up the window and it said it doesn't matter if you never speak it doesn't matter if you can't find the words it doesn't matter if you believe that your words aren't strong if you don't believe that your words are true if you don't believe that your words are a reflection of you it doesn't matter because I'm going to be here with you every single day that you sit in my chair because I believe in you. And he wrote that Mm. continuously on all of the windows, right? Line by line. That's what it said. And I broke down in tears. I broke completely in tears. And finally, all I could hear was the words that from the screaming that I always heard became clear. And so I knew then I wanted to do something that would help and empower and encourage my community so that young children did not end up in those predicaments the way I did. Um, To help moms that were single parents that may have drug addictions, alcohol addiction, abusive, you know, boyfriends or husbands. I wanted to help the situation so that they would not, the children didn't suffer from that. So that's why I wanted to become an economist. Mm-hmm. Even though the psychologist helped me, 
Right. But I took psychology because I like the workings of the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as I got older, after I had my break at 30, mm-hmm. um, I said, I have to help children and women right. with trauma. And so that's what I deemed that be my purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what am I 44 now? So then I say, maybe 12 years ago, mm-hmm. I ended up going through a life experience <laughs> that changed the whole dynamic. And literally my purpose was shattered. Mm-hmm. I no longer believed in it because for me, originally I felt like in order to help a person emotionally and mentally, yeah. you had to want to be helped. Right. Okay. And I believed in that. And I mean, believed in it. That was a fueling point for me. Like I knew I wanted to be helped, but I refused to accept it. I didn't want to accept it. Okay. So for me, I felt like I'm going to do this thing because people want to be helped. And then life hit. My husband had an affair. Right. He went through his own dynamic of that affair had nothing to do with me. Right. And I quit. I quit. And when I say I quit, I mean, I quit believing in people Mm. because here I felt I am in a place that is giving you the communication and the love that you needed. So you didn't have to endure the trauma that you had endured. Right. And yet you wanted to be a victim. So you chose to be a victim Mm. instead of releasing so that you could become a fighter. Right. And that for me, I said, screw people because you don't want to be helped. You are happy sitting there being a victim and making victimized decisions. Right. And then not wanting to take responsibility for your actions. you don't get the right to do that to me i'm not ashamed of his affair i'm not ashamed of the woman that i became i'm not ashamed of the dynamic that i went through in that because i know that i was powerful and i am powerful enough that someone else's controls in their lives don't get to be my i'm not going to get to be reduced by it Right. So those aren't things that embarrass me. Those aren't things that hurt me or bother me. Mm-hmm. I hope that a woman hearing will know that I don't have to be reduced by someone else being victim, someone mm-hmm. else playing victim. Mm-hmm. And so it, that, that broke me for a moment and I stopped seeing patients. Mm-hmm. I stopped because for me, I always have a thing that when you step into my office, you must come in here truthfully. It doesn't matter if you don't tell your husband, if you don't tell your sister, you don't tell your mom or your dad, you don't tell God. I need you to tell me the truth. Right. I am only here for you. So I can only help you with what you give me. And if you don't give me the truth, I can't help you. So don't waste my time. Don't waste your time and don't waste your money. And I always, and I mean that. And I tell them that just like that. Right. Because it takes something to, it takes something to go through the truth and come out a better person. You don't come out broken because the truth is there. You don't come out battered because the truth is there. 
you you might you you are not I, I say this because I believe it. You can have some scars, but you are not the scar tissue of someone else's life. Right. You are not the scar tissue of someone else's life. You are not the muck and guck of muscle just deciding to just that happened in someone else's life. That is not you. Right. And no one has the right to make you that. You know, we're going to all have our challenges. We're going to take some bruises, some bumps, mm-hmm. some hits. But I am not your scar tissue. I am not. And so to get, you know, to get a, to get a person onto understanding what it is that they want to do and finding their purpose and finding out who they are and right. finding the, their voice and finding their strength, you have to understand that we all fall. We all fall. We all make mistakes. We all face challenges. Right. We all do. We all have something in our lives that we are so, we don't want nobody to know about. We are ashamed about. But we all fail. The problem comes when you think, Nick, how can I look at you and see something that you have done knowing I did it too? And I judge you right. for how you go through it. Oh, horrible of me. <laughs> and horrible. And that is why. She Speaks was designed because we think we're going through all these different things by ourselves, right? Yes. But we're uncomfortable, and I'm going to use your term, Mm -hmm. with getting naked and letting you see I've been there too. Yeah. And this is how I got through it. Now, you may, this may not work for you. for you. That's right. But you can overcome this too. And sis, I'm going to walk with you, right? Yes. And yes. to me, that's more powerful than giving advice, right? Uh-huh. To me, the most powerful thing that we can do as women, as a community, as a dope soul crew, is to leave the judgment at the Thank door. Thank you. At the door. Because at the door. you need to say what you will or will not do if you're not in that situation. Thank you. Because you don't know. You don't, you don't know. And believe it or not, something that you something that you judging me on might be least to what you have done. Right. Okay? So I don't want you, you, you know, I definitely don't need your judgment because I already judge myself. I'm already judging myself. Believe it or not, the right. worst the 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 worst thing nothing causes more pain and more heartbreak mm-hmm. to an individual to a woman right you know nothing causes more more anger angst and, and anger and enrage than how, how she treats and talks to herself how yes. she believes in herself yes how she already judges herself yes. there is no one that can top me and judging me. <laughs> you understand? So if I'm broken, yes. baby, you aren't saying anything more than I have already said to myself. Right. So why would you dump 
extra dirt on me? Why would you what dump you extra mean? garbage on me? You looking at, you are looking at you. You are looking at you mm-hmm. in a broken state, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever it's for. Yes. You are looking at you. So how could you do you like that? Right. That's when my purpose turned from helping children and women in traumatized situations to becoming, I am not a foundation, nor am I a beacon to hurt other women, period. Period. And that every individual that comes in contact with me will leave better than they were before they walked into my life or I walked into theirs. That became my purpose. Sis, thank you for listening to the She Speaks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media platforms with your family, friends, and coworkers. I would also love to hear how the show has impacted you in your life. Feel free to leave me a message via Anchor or follow me on Instagram at the She Speaks. Until next time, walk in who you are, adjust your crown, and stand tall, sis. We all have a story to tell, and there's someone out there who needs to hear yours.